Hi there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I am your host, Alana, and I'm so excited to have you join me. Today on the podcast, I have my good friend, Denise Dilly. I cannot say enough good things about this girl. I love her, love her, love her. If you know her, you love her too. She has got the biggest heart for people, the biggest heart for the church, the biggest heart for our community. She just, she loves the Lord. She loves his people and she shows it all the time in all of the ways. Um, This was a really interesting podcast. It was really fun for me and really interesting because Denise is someone who I met through doing outreach. And so I know that she has had such a huge heart for outreach, and that's what I wanted to talk to her about. So I came into this podcast thinking we are going to talk about about outreach and volunteering and all of that, which we do in this podcast. However, um, what I learned about her was that she has such a bigger heart for missions than what I realized that she did. I knew she had done a few mission trips, and I knew she had done you know, that kind of stuff, but I had no idea how deeply ingrained it was in her until we sat down and did this. We had this conversation. So I learned a ton about my friend. Um, and I just, man, I still just don't have any words. Um, and I think that you will probably pick up on that (laughs) a little bit when you hear our conversation, there were some things that just left me completely speechless. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like, There are people that the Lord brings into your life and you know that it's for a reason and you think you know what the purpose and the reason is and then something happens and it's like, no, maybe it's deeper than that. And that's kind of how I felt with this conversation. Um, Just ways that she was connected to my story that I had no idea about before and um, just now some dreams that I have. that are going to be intersected with her um, and with her dreams too. So I'm excited to see what the Lord's going to do. And um, anyway, I just, I love her so much. And after having this conversation, I just loved her even more. Um, And I know that it will be the same with you. So it's an amazing conversation and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So I'm going to stop talking and let you hear from my good friend, Denise. So grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and join us as we pour it out. Well, hi, friend. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) It wasn't as hard to get you on as I thought it would be. So super excited about that. (laughs) Um, Why don't you tell us about you, yourself, and as much or as little as you want to share. Okay. Well, um, my name is Denise Dilly, and I am married to my husband, Josh. We've been married since 2007. We don't have any kids um, or anything like that, but um, yeah. And I'm the outreach coordinator at Centerpoint Church, where I've been since the beginning, which is like 13 or 14 years now. And other than that, I sell insurance for Gerber Insurance Agency. So how long have you been doing that? Well, I've been selling probably for about 10 years, I think, um, but I've been with the agency probably 12 or 13 years. So, yeah, it is not where I saw myself going <laughs> in life, if you want to know the truth. But I I actually started, so this is an interesting story. I started working with Eva. We, she started an organization called Homes of Hope mm-hmm. um, or something like that, something Hope. Hope, I don't know. Anyway, she needed, she needed an assistant and, um, asked me to come on and I wasn't, I was going to school and working, um, like fast food at the time. And she knew my heart for outreach and she's like, I think you'd be a really good fit. And so I helped her, um, for a season while she had that. And that's how I got, she knew Joel needed help, um, at his office. And so that's how I got connected with the agency. Um, so I met you, which it's crazy to think this. I was like trying to think back when we met and it was when our church, um, did the city run mm-hmm. and we would come set up at center point and do a table. Mm-hmm. And you guys helped us with mm-hmm. that. Um, 
And for those of you who may not know, the city run was something that we did um, open door sponsored. And it was a 5k that we put on every year. We did it three or four years, I think. And we would raise money for the city for different projects and stuff for the city. And so center point was always really good at letting us come help out. And I learned very, very quickly um, just that you're, it was like, every time I needed anything, it was like, contact Denise, contact Denise, here's Denise's number. And I, then as I got to know you and things, I got to know how much your heart is for outreach and how much it is for missions and how much even more than all of that, it's for people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and then over the years, as I've gotten to know you, we work, we serve on the national day of prayer task force. Um, you've become one of my closest friends and got me through all of COVID <laughs> and that whole craziness and all the years oh. since. Yes. Um, and so, but ever, you know, just the closer that we get and things, the more I see your heart for people and for outreach and things. So that's what we want to talk about today. And yeah. just kind of, um, because I think it's something that is, has not been as much in our city, I guess, mm -hmm. as like, I feel like when I look back, I can see seasons where it's like outreach was huge, huge. And then it kind of like died down a little bit. And, mm -hmm. um, but you, have been consistently doing it. So, um, so I guess just to start out, like, how did that happen for you? Was that something that like you've always liked and loved or mm -hmm. like, when did your passion for outreach and things start? Yeah. So, um, actually before we started recording, you had asked me the same thing and I was, I gave you an answer, but it actually started even before that. And I always forget this, but so I didn't go to church a whole lot um, until, so my dad passed when I was 10 and my mom had come to faith, not long before he passed away. Um, but I didn't have any experience with church or any kind of community outreach or anything like that until she got really plugged in and connected um, to um, to my home church, which was Church Triumphant at the time. And um, she she just fell in love with the Lord and taught us as a family what it really looks like to be a follower. And uh, one of the things that I remember that she did was um, at some point, she took us to the Salvation Army. Um, they always did Thanksgiving meals for the community, for people that needed it. And I just remember serving at one of those meals as a kid and just really fell in love with um, serving at that point. Um, and then from there, um, I mean, I don't remember doing service projects or community outreach a whole lot as a kid, except for that. There was a couple of other occasions that I know that our church did, um, like with the, um, this is going to sound funny, but with like the, the biker rodeo that we had. I remember one time we set up outside the fairgrounds, like kind of short distance away. And we did like, we just grilled hamburgers and hot dogs and we had a tent set up. Kind of the purpose behind that was just anybody that wanted to stop and get free food and just have conversation with people. Um, I really remember enjoying that as well. So, um, but that's kind of where my, my love for outreach started. Um, but then as a teenager, like our church always had missionaries come through. We supported missionaries and we had them come through whenever they were back in the States to share their stories. And I just always remember being enthralled by hearing what God was doing um, overseas and in these people's lives and in different countries. Uh, but I never thought that was something that I would do until a group of teenagers came through. Like, well, I should say teenagers, but it was Teen Mania was the organization and they brought like they had like 18 to 20 year old, mm -hmm. 20 somethings or whatever. And they came through and talked about how teens could uh, be involved in missions and what they did. And, and so that's how I got involved in missions. Um, at the age of 13, I knew that I was called to go. And ever since then just pursued that. And I took my first mission trip to India when I was 15. Um, I had never been out of the country. I'd never flown. I'd never been anywhere without my mom. And she was like, yeah, sure, go. And so my first trip was for a month in the middle of India. With I didn't know anybody. Didn't know for a someone. whole month? For a whole month. <gasps> yeah. 
So it was crazy. Um, but and it was by yourself. Like you said, you didn't know. I went with a, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a clue. Like I just signed up to go um, and raised money, like did fundraising, raised money to go. And I flew to, we had to fly for like a three day training session and we flew to Florida. We met in Miami and um, I met 30 people that I'd never met before, which is not like for me, I was a shy, introverted, quiet kid. So it was kind of overwhelming, um, but it was fun too. And it was, it was an experience. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how my mom did it, but um, yeah, she just let me go. What'd and, you do? So I was a part of a team that we were in Hyderabad, India, which is kind of South Central, I think. And we worked with the local church there and we basically did dramas. So there was like, um, I don't know, it wasn't like most people know Twin Maker and Son. It was something similar to that. Like it's the gospel through story, right? Mm -hmm. um, because there's a huge language barrier and on all the things. So we just did this drama and um you know we would share like every time that we did the drama somebody would share their testimony from the team so like a short little two to five minute thing and um we did probably like four or five dramas a day in different areas of the city um yeah got to meet a lot of interesting people um you know quite a few people responded to the gospel that way so yeah it was a lot of way fun. to jump in <laughs> Wait, it's just, I'm called to missions. Let's go for a month. <laughs> right. And as a shy, quiet, yeah. like, I don't, I don't like my personality is, is I like, I'm not the first one to make the first move in a friendship. I'm not like, I'm not that kind of person. I still struggle with that today. Like at church, like trying to be intentional about meeting new people. Like that's just, and so for me to just be like, yeah, God's called me to go and I'm going. It's like, that's big Huge. for a 15 Especially for 15 <laughs> And to go clear to India. Yes. Yeah. For a, a month. month. I'm still <laughs> stuck there. Normally people, I mean, my, yeah. I've only been on one mission trip. Yeah. Um, and it was with Joel Gerber to Toronto. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, I mean, it was a week. And so, <laughs> and it was Toronto. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was amazing and it was life changing. But to think yeah. for a whole month, that's, mm -hmm. that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So keep going. Well, yeah. So um, when I was there, so um, the cool thing is, is that um, it really just gave me time to um, just uh, we we stayed in this. Um, it was a really old monastery um, is where we stayed. And they, you know, we had a schedule. We had to do quiet times. We had to do whatever. And I just remember every time I was doing a quiet time, like God would bring me back to this verse in John. Um, where he said that I've called you to go and bear fruit. And I was like, okay, God, well, what does that mean? And he was like, I want you to do this. You know, like I want your life to be, um, to be used in missions and outreach. And, and I, you know, I'd already had a passion for it to some degree, um, you know, with wanting to even do missions. And um, so that's kind of how I got started. Like I felt like, I was one of those kids that from a certain age, like I just knew what I wanted to do and I just started moving towards that. And so um, at some point I did go to college for a year after I graduated high school, but I already knew that God was calling me to missions. And so I did that. And then um, I got involved with another missions organization and they invited me to come back to India with them. Um, and so I did, I went for another month um, back to India with them. And then they invited me to go longer, um, on an internship program that they were doing. And so I went for five months, um, back to India. Um, we were based in New Delhi with a local church that we served with and did kind of whatever they were doing, we were doing. And at the time they were plugged into like, um, an orphanage, um, in this well, kind of outside the city. So we served there and then, um, we worked with um, a college ministry to, to build relationships with college students. And then, of course, we served with the church. And then we took several different excursions to different places. So I got to go to um, Calcutta and work with Mother Teresa um, and her staff and then um, got to serve um, in a couple other smaller places as well. Um, and that really just solidified just my heart and passion for missions. And so when I came back... Um, Hold on, well, time and, out. you said you were there for five months. I did. Yeah, I was there. Wow. 
Yeah. And okay, so and then here's my claim to fame, which isn't really my fame, but <laughs> I always tell this story because people want to know. So before before that trip, the the one before the short three week month long, um, we also went to Calcutta that trip and worked with Mother Teresa and her whatever. And so I did get to meet Mother Teresa and sat down and had a conversation with her. And for me, that was you know I know there's there's some controversy with her, but like. That was a life-changing moment for me because just sitting down and listening to her share why she does what she does, like, it was all about Jesus. Like, she didn't care about the money, like, anything. Like, she really had a passion for the people and to take care of them. And it was because of her relationship with Jesus that that inspired her to to keep doing what she did. And so, for me, that was just incredible just to be able to sit and, and, and listen to her say all that. So, Yeah. That's amazing. I know. It was really cool. I wish I would have gotten a better picture, though. I should show you the picture sometime. It's like, imagine like poofy bangs. Anyway. I just think, first of all, I didn't know any of that. And so, and that, you know, because I was born there, that's always been a dream of mine is, I mean, it's a bucket list, mm-hmm. like Jesus, please let this happen. You should um, come back with me or come with me. I'm going to try to go on my 50th birthday. So yes. a few years from now. Yeah. yeah. I would love to. My, because my, my heart is, I want to go and like serve in an orphanage over yeah. there for a little bit because I was in an orphanage over there. Um, and so that has always been like a, dream and just like a passion of mine is like, I, you know, Randra feels really called to like, or not called necessarily, but he has a passion. Like he really wants to go to like Africa sometime. And I think that's where a lot of people do missions. And so like, Mm -hmm. that's his dad has gone several times and has loved it. And so he really has a passion to go there sometime. I kind of am like, I can take it or leave it. Like Mm -hmm. if we end up going someday, it will be fantastic. It's not like, this is what I really, really Mm want to do. Mine is, I really, really, really want to go to India. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it's neat. Like, well, that just opens up a whole lot. My brain is going all over the place right now. So (laughs) we will have to have lots more conversations Mm -hmm. about that because that's a long time to be um, over there. And... So when you went for five months, how old did you say you were? I think I was 20. Okay. It was in 90. So I went in 96 for a month and then 97 for the five months. months. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's so interesting. Okay. So you came home Mm -hmm. and then what has it looked like since then? Yeah. So um, from that point on, I took kind of a year. (laughs) Well, this is a whole other story, but I took about a year um, when I came home. Like I had, I felt like I had changed a lot, experienced a lot, like had a lot of mountaintop moments. And when I came home, it was completely different and things had changed and um, friendships had changed and things had changed. And so I kind of went and derailed for a little bit for about a year, (laughs) but I knew God was still calling me to missions and I knew that I needed to pursue that. And I've always been kind of singular focused on that. So I um, had had friends um, that had went with youth with a mission um, and served there for a while. And they had told me over the years about the programs and, you know, I should go. And I even heard about it and met some YWAMers when I was in India and they like, encouraged the same thing you should go so I had prayed about it and then I applied and got accepted to their discipleship training school program um and so in 98 I went to Tyler Texas and did their discipleship training school and school of evangelism um which um they're both like five six month programs um they kind of train you in the way of missions but you also take mission trips so I went back to India um for my um, school of evangelism. We also went to Bangladesh, um, and then came back. And I knew during that year that I was going to just stay on staff with them and, um, kind of 
pursue this mission thing. And so I did. I stayed on staff with them um, in their short-term mission department. Um, and then I also helped um, lead a small group with another discipleship training school. Um, and I was there in t- um, Texas for another three years, just kind of doing what I do now, which I think is kind of what started what I do now, right? So um, in Texas, in the short-term mission program, I um, organized and led different outreaches. So we went, um, so churches would call us or youth groups would call us and say, hey, like we want to take a mission trip. Can you organize that? Or we already had some set um, as well that we did in the summer. So um, I got to take some teams to work on the um, Native American reservations out west. I went to Mexico, um, did some trips to Brazil um as well and then i knew though at some point because i have such a heart for india and the indian community like i remember at some point kind of like the halfway mark of me being in texas that god was calling me to something else and i had taken a trip to chicago during my school of evangelism and i had no idea that chicago was like this or any city is like this i was blind to even the amount of um, different nationalities and people that are even in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went to Chicago, it was like my eyes were open and it was like, oh, like it's not just a bunch of white Americans, right? Or black Americans. Like there's people from all over the world that come to these cities, like whether through immigration or refugees or status or whatever. And um, I was just blown away. And so um, God took me to Chicago and I stayed there for a couple years and just built relationships. We had a youth group of uh, young Indian kids that just needed mentored and they mm-hmm. needed discipled. And so I got plugged in with them. And, um, and then again, just did the same thing with outreach, right? Like um, God was kind of like, listen, like you don't have to go overseas to do outreach. Like there's needs right mm-hmm. here in your own community. And so the two years that I spent in Chicago really kind of solidified like missions in your backyard kind of thing. Um, and I just remember teams would come and I would take them out like during the week to do homeless ministry. We, there were um, in the city, there's like, or there used to be a place where you could just go and there was like dozens of homeless people just on the streets or even, uh, in the parks and we just go feed them and talk to them and whatever, or we'd go partner with like the Jesus people movement or whatever and do the same thing or, um, go into little India and just give people bottles of water and like, Mm -hmm. just chat with them, you know, just little practical needs that people need met that you wouldn't even think would make a big difference. Like Mm -hmm. it really can. Mm -hmm. And so that's just kind of what I did and what I learned. Um, I never thought God was going to take me out of YOM, but at some point when I was in Chicago, um, he was like, yeah, I want you to go home. And I was like, oh, no, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Like, but I thought you were calling me in India. You know what I mean? Like, I honestly thought when I was a kid, like I was just taking stepping stones to then just go to India full time. Yeah. And he was like, nope, that's not what I want for you. And so I was like, okay. Um, and so at some point, um, I was in Chicago for two years, um, and then came home. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of factors. Like I got engaged. I was dating my husband. I got engaged. Um, and then I moved home and then I had a plan when I got here to, um, get plugged in back into my home church and, um, do missions and outreach, um, here in the city, um, through them. And that's not how it worked. Um, and long story short, like God's led me to to certain point, and that's how I got to do what I'm doing now. Is getting plugged in with a community any way I can to do outreach and 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 really like at center point we call it crazy love. Mm-hmm. You know we've done, we've said that from the mm-hmm. beginning. We stole it, I think, from Francis Chan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, and and we stole the phrase from Mother Teresa, but basically. Um, like I believe it wholeheartedly that little things done with great love can change the world. And, and that's what I think is possible. Like when we work together as a church and as a body of believers, like Chillicothe can change. And, um, and I believe that. So it's what we're, what we're trying to do. Yeah. So I want to come back to that in just a second, but since you came home from Chicago, have you had the opportunity you have, you went to El Salvador. No. Honduras. Honduras. Yeah. Honduras. yeah. Okay. Um, 
And then is, have you been anywhere else or was that the only other time that you've been able to go overseas since you came back? So, um, no, actually. So when I came back, um, and started doing outreach, um, with center point, we actually, um, started off, um, with our mission and outreach program. Of course we started locally, but then we really knew that God was calling us to do more. And so we went to Mexico. There's a YWAM base in Tijuana, um, that they do what's called homes of hope there as well. And they build, um, it's real, you can build a family, a home for super cheap and it doesn't take that long. So we actually sent a team out, uh, one year to build a home for a family. And then um, for about three or four years, we would just go back and reconnect with them and do work in the city um, of Tijuana. And that was really cool. And then um, we got plugged in a few years ago with an organization called One Child. Um, and we sponsor kids, kind of like Compassion or World Vision mm -hmm. or whatever. We sponsor kids in this Hope Center. And we've taken teams back um, two or three times um, to the Hope Center just to visit them and to, to partner with them. So it's been really cool. But before we got connected with them, we went to Mexico and then we went, we would, I would take teams back to Chicago. So I'd be one of those teams that would be okay. like, Hey, we're going to get connected. And we would do the same thing that I did when teams would come in. And then we actually, so, um, our friend Jeanette, she used to lead, um, teams to, uh, DC to just pray mm -hmm. and things like that. And so I'd go with her as well. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I want to interrupt the conversation and tell you about my three incredible partners. I have got three local businesses who have come alongside me and partnered with me to help make my podcast better in different ways. To start off with, we've got Sweet William Blossom and Boutique and Sweet William brings me flowers to my door every single week. And it's such a sweet surprise to walk out and see them or to come home and have there be flowers on my front porch waiting for me. And I put them on my dining room table. I get to enjoy them all through the week. But then when I have guests over to record, because this is where I do most of my recordings is right here at my dining room table, they are able to see the beauty and it just adds that extra little touch. And I'm so, so grateful. Sweet William has incredible everything. I mean, everything. Their chocolate covered strawberries, their gourmet apples, their dirty pops, their charcuterie cups and charcuterie uh, boxes. Everything is made to perfection, made with love. I cannot say enough. I have been a fan since day one. Oh, and their flowers are gorgeous, are absolutely gorgeous. I've been a fan since day one and I just become a bigger fan by the day. There's nothing better. I stand by this and will always stand by this. There's nothing better than getting a pink box full of goodies from them. It is the absolute best way to brighten someone's day. Cannot say enough good things. Another one of my partners is Roast Coffee. Roast uh, supports me by giving coffee to myself and to my guests every time we record. And it's just such a blessing. It's such a blessing to be able to pour it out week after week with the best coffee in town, hands down. Uh, they have the best coffee, as I said. They also have teas. They have other things. They've got food. Everything is incredible. Some of my favorites are if you need something just strong to get you through the day, their Americano is the absolute best. Uh, for a flavored drink, my favorite is the brown butter, although right now they have this brown sugar and mint shakerado that's really, really delicious. And of course, you can never go wrong with a Cubano iced or hot. My favorite is uh, getting it made with oat milk. And their food is incredible. They have a, another special that they're running right now in summer, this blackberry toast. It's blackberry, blackberry with uh, mascarpone cheese and or mascarpone cheese on sourdough with blackberries with fresh rosemary chopped up on top of it and honey drizzled. It is amazing. Creamy, delicious, just amazing. 
and their salads, their sandwiches, every, they have a chicken salad croissant, which I was kind of iffy about, but I got talked into it. It's delicious. Like I crave it now. It's delicious. Go check them out. The best staff, the best environment, the best coffee. I mean, just the best. Go check them out. And lastly, Maggie and Me Candle Company. Um, they, I'm sitting here at my dining room table right now with one of her candles burning. My house smells amazing. And it's another, just one of those finishing touches where when I have people over, they sit down, they see the beautiful flowers, they drink the yummy coffee, and they, it smells good in here. And that is all thanks to Maggie and Me Candle Company. I am so, so grateful for these partners who have come alongside to make this podcast even more special and have loved me, have encouraged me and supported me. Go check them out. They are all on social media. You can find out all of their information. Um, go look them up on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, and find out all of their details. I also have uh, podcast episodes with each of the owners of them that you can go back and listen to. Um, they are fantastic people. These are businesses run by fantastic people and you can listen to them, hear their heart behind the business and get to know them a bit and just fall in love with what they do and who they are. So I just thank you so much to all three of those businesses for all you do. Go check them out. Um, go order from them. And when you do, tell them that Elena sent you. Now back to the conversation. Okay, let's jump back into where I loved where you said like something about like missions in your back door. Mm -hmm. And so you started talking about how you, you know, took what you learned in Chicago and brought it to center point. And so what has that looked like here mm -hmm. serving here in Chillicothe? Um, what are some of the things that you have done? What are some of the things that you currently do? Yeah. So it's looked different in different seasons. Um, like when center point first started, we actually did, um, and this is Pastor Chris's brainchild, but we did what's called Crazy Love mm -hmm. Family Day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the economy kind of stepped at the time. People couldn't take vacations. And so we um, threw just a one day kind of like a carnival like mm -hmm. thing where we had, you know, free food, free games, um, pony rides at some point. We did a bunch of giveaways and that was fantastic um, for the community, I think. And from there, um, we kind of have done just kind of a bunch of different things. Um, like I said, like I've always felt like little things um, make a big difference in the community. And so, um, and I've also always been one of those people where I don't like recreating the wheel. If there's something good that's happening in the community, instead of doing something on my own, what can I do to partner with somebody else and kind of help them? And so from Crazy Love Family Day, um, which was wonderful and fantastic. We did that for, I don't know, five years or something like that. But in between all of that, I mean, it was a one, one time, you know, event during the year, um, just really tried to connect with different organizations in the community. And one of those um, at the time, several years ago, um, if you know me at all, you know, I love to feed people and like build relationships with them. And so um, we have a ton of churches and organizations that do just that. They feed people like we have um, community dinners all the time. And we got connected with uh, First United Methodist Church there. Um, the lady um, that was running their um, soup kitchen, a community dinner um, was well, she's elderly and she needed help. And so I was like, Hey, like, how can we help you? And so we partnered with them and we did um, a soup kitchen once a month. And one of the things that we did is um, we didn't just feed them. Like we didn't just make them come through the line and, and that, that be it. Like, I was like, no, like, like we're going to see these people, you know, time after time after time. So let's get to know them. And so um, one of the things that we did was we, they came through the line, fed them, and then we ate with them and we got to know them and built those relationships with them. And that's just kind of been like my, kind of my heart is if we're going to connect with people, like we just need, you know, if we're going to serve them, serve them and meet a practical need, but then um, build relationships. And it's kind of been my 
my thing ever since then. And so um, we've, we did that for several years and stayed connected with them for several years until um, it just kind of, it was natural that we just kind of did something else and moved on. But um, we did that. Um, we, um, we've done our mission trips, um, but within the community, one of the things that we started to do, I think it was after our last family, Crazy Love Family Day, we started doing what's called Serve Day. Um, and it kind of started out with just our church doing mm -hmm. um, several different community projects just one day a year. Um, and, you know, whether that was yard cleanup or, you know, you know, feeding people or whatever it was, it was just kind of our own thing. But as you know, I don't like it when it's just mm -hmm. uh, like it, one church doing whatever. Um, I really feel like um, as a church community, um, in Chillicothe that, you know, we can partner together and make a bigger difference. And so um, Centerpoint Serve Day kind of morphed into, hey, let's invite all these other churches to come um, and serve as well. And so we got to do that for a few years where we partnered with other churches and had just one big, huge serve day in our community. And again, just doing little, little projects, like just connecting with people in the community through small acts of kindness. Um, it's just been fantastic and I love it. And I hate that COVID changed things and we haven't been able to do that since then. So, but, but yeah, I think um, even now um, that's kind of, I, I don't think you know this, but like I started doing surf Saturdays a couple of months ago um, just with some friends and anybody's invited to come, but um we just go and just do little things in the community to just bring, you know, kindness to Chillicothe. Do that every Saturday? Nope. It's um, the first Saturday of every month. Yeah. But it's also got that relationship connection to it. Yeah. So the people that come, I tell them to bring their own lunch because we do it from noon to two. Bring your own lunch. We're going to sit and chit chat and get to know each other. And then we're going to go out and serve the community, whatever that looks like. So. So if people wanted to join and they're listening, where do you meet at? Um, so typically we meet at the shelter house by the YMCA. Okay. Um, if it's not being used by somebody else. Um, but yeah, we'll meet there at noon. And like I said, bring your own lunch. We'll sit and chit chat for about an hour. And then usually I have something in mind that we'll do for the community. And then we'll just spend like in July, for example, we're going to pass out popsicles in the park. So I don't know how that's going to go just yet, depending on how hot it is. And mm -hmm. if the popsicles <laughs> don't melt, we might have to flip flop and pass out the popsicles first and then eat. But either way, yeah. I mean, there's tons of families and kids that come to the park on a yeah. Saturday. And so what better way to hand them a popsicle if the Lord opens the door for a conversation, chit chat with them for a while and go from there. I love that. Yeah. And then, of course, mobile market. Yeah, so COVID opened the door for Mobile Market at Center Point. We host it at our um, church, but um, Hope Clinic and um, was kind of already doing it, right? They were doing their thing. Mobile Market, if you guys don't know, it's um, twice a month, every second and fourth Monday, unless there's a holiday. Basically, what it is is people in the community that have a need um, for food, um, they can come um, as um, – and well, so then come and get food that's um, provided by a mid Ohio food bank. And what we do um, since COVID, it used to be that they would come and just pick up their own groceries and we'd help them load it into their car. But since COVID, we, we do a low contact um, thing where they come to center point, um, line up. We start at five where we start moving the line and packing people's cars with groceries. But you can stay in your car. We'll get you registered. You pull through. We load them up. And then they can go home. But it's not, again, it's not just about the food because we have um, a team that'll come and ask if they can pray. You know, the, our volunteers that come, they do the same thing. They're going to, they're going to sit and chit chat with you online. Um, you know, if you, you didn't get prayer with somebody else and you need prayer online, like they'll offer that. And so it's just a really neat experience. And the cool thing is, is because going back to the unity thing, um, we get to partner with 4-H groups, youth groups, um, Chillicothe First Assembly, Bainbridge um, First Assembly. Um, those two churches, we all come together and, and serve together. It's not just one church doing mm -hmm. it or one organization doing it. We all get to do it together. 
So it's really cool. I love that. Yeah. So your heart for our community specifically for Chillicothe, how do I ask this? I want to say, how did that happen? Like, have you just always, because this is where you grew up and things like, have you just always had a heart for Chillicothe or was it one of those things where when you started serving here, the Lord gave you more of a heart? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or when we were on a break, but when I left Chillicothe, I wasn't coming back. I really felt like God was calling me to India full time and, um, that's where, that's where I was going, you know? And then at some point, like I said, God called me to come home. And I think specifically when I was in Chicago, just being able to see that, um, like God has has brought people here. He's brought different, um, people together. And, um, even if it's not like Chillicothe doesn't have a huge population of immigrants and refugees, whatever, but we're all still, people, we're all human and we all need him. Right. And so I think at some point I just realized that like God showed me that like we all need him and we all have needs and we all have things that, um, we can help each other with. And so I think that's the, when I came home, like, I think I was still a little hesitant about it, but the longer I've been here, I think the heart for my community has grown. I mean, I don't even live in Chillicothe. That's true. (laughs) That is I live 30 minutes away, but I mean, I truly do have a heart for this community. I love the people here. And I really feel like, um, you know, as the church, like God has called us to work together and I have um, you know, he even prayed for that, right? Like yeah. I was looking over it again today. Cause I'm like, um, he, he specifically prayed that we would walk together in unity because be that's, one. yeah, because that's be how we are one. Yeah. Because that's how people are going to know that he's real. Yeah. Right. When, so if we're, you know, trying to do things on our own and don't have that unity as a community, as a church, like, if we're constantly fighting with each other and trying to compete with each other with whatever outreach or program or service, like that's not going to help anybody. Like that's going to actually cause harm more harm than good. And so I've just, the more I I've read that and like leaned into that, I really feel like God's just called, called us to work together. And I, I feel really like, because I, like I said, I'm not the first to make moves in any kind of thing. I mean, God's put me in a leadership position. I'm like, I am not that charismatic leader. I'm totally like, not like what people want leaders to be. And I'm like, I don't know how you want to do this, but I have loved that I've been a part in small ways to be able to try and do that. Yeah. So, you know, that's just my heart is to try to get people to work together in unity to see the community changed. And I think, we have a long way to go, but I think we're getting there. Yeah. I think there's, I'm not the only one that feels like we can work together. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So. So I'm thinking specifically, I have a specific person in mind when I'm going to ask you this next question. So it's not really hypothetical. I'm just, there's somebody specific. So I have for the person who is really passionate for missions they feel really called to missions. They're not 15 years old. They're a grown adult. Um, and are kind of like, I feel like the Lord has called me to missions. Where do I even start? What would you say to them? Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Just start, just do something. You know, if you feel like you are called to your community, then when you see a need, meet a need, right? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be anything big. You know, if you see somebody that, is your neighbor and they're struggling to, you know, pay a bill or take care of their groceries, like ask, you know, step in and help. If it's something where you really feel like God's calling you out of your community into, you know, something global, um, there's tons of missions organizations that can kind of help get you in the right direction. You know, whether, you know, I, like I said, I served with youth with a mission, um, for six years and it's fantastic. I would recommend it. Um, there's other great organizations too. If you're in a denomination, like check with your denomination because you know, they might have something. So I don't, there's plenty of ways to get into missions yeah. for sure. I mean, I'm sure there's probably even somebody connected within their own church, maybe that 
could point them in the right direction. But I will encourage them. Don't not do anything. (laughs) You know, for sure, just if God is leading you that way, then you need to figure out how to get there. And I would be happy to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. So you can connect them to me. Perfect. And also just, I mean, I love, like I said, I've said this once or twice already, but just going back to even like not forgetting that the mission feels in your backyard too. Yeah. And to serve there. Yeah. I mean, literally your neighbor. Yeah. I mean, I know where I live. um, Well, I, I, I've got neighbors and I know they don't know the, well, I'm not hundred percent sure now because my neighbors just changed, but at the <laughs> time, like I had two elderly neighbors and like, um, you know, even if they do know the Lord, like sometimes they need encouraged, you know what I mean? But you've got neighbors that might not know the Lord. So in, in our day and age, like we don't always know our neighbors. And so if you don't know your neighbor, go introduce yourself and get to know them. Or, you know, even like your coworkers, you know, I'm sure that, you were working with somebody that doesn't know the Lord or, you know, whatever. But again, it doesn't have to be anything big. You know, we think that we have to put on some big program or community outreach or start a soup kitchen or whatever it is. And you don't have to do that. You know, yeah. like you just have to go and, and see what the needs are. I think if we would just open our eyes, open our heart um, and just be willing to go wherever the Lord leads us. Yeah. I love it. I think we can, we can change. Yeah. Change our community. Yeah. Well, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure that you say? No. Okay. (laughs) Well, my, the thing, you know, that I always ask is what right now do you feel like the Lord is speaking to you personally? So, um, I, don't do the whole one word thing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do. I did, I did for years and then I just stopped. Um, But for those of you that don't know, like a lot of people will pray at the beginning of the year for a word for their year from the Lord. And I didn't even pray about it. I just heard God say sometime in December um, to be rooted. And I was like, okay, what do you mean? (laughs) And so I did a little research and things like that. And, you know, scripture popped into my mind, but, and then our church obviously picked the same word, which was so weird. Um, So it was just confirmation that that's what God was telling me to do. But essentially for me, what that means is just to, to stay faithful and to, um, to really cultivate a deeper relationship with the Lord. And so um, to be really honest, like it's been, I mean, it's been six months of, that word. And I'm like, okay, like I'm not where I want to be, but the Lord's still challenging me to just to dig deeper and to spend more time with him, to be more intentional and to um, just be faithful and to continue to do what I'm doing with, um, because it's easy to, to leave mm-hmm. um, when you're frustrated and when you're, mm-hmm. you know, when you, you're like, things aren't going the way I want them to, mm-hmm. but he hasn't told me to, to leave. He hasn't told me to quit doing anything that I'm doing. Um, so just being faithful and digging deep and keeping those roots. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and knowing some of the things that you've walked through in the past six months, I can say you have, yeah. you know, you have. And I think, again, even going back to like, it doesn't always look like a big thing. Like sometimes it's being rooted when the storms of life like mm-hmm. hit you and mm-hmm. you don't move. And so, um, I think you are for sure living that out. Hmm. Thanks. <laughs> um, thank you. Well, I want to thank you for being here. And I want to publicly thank you because, um, and in the be- very, very, very beginning, for those of you who have listened to the podcast from the beginning, um, when I shared the story of how this whole thing got started, and I made a comment about how I had a few friends who would check in every now and then with me. Um, Denise was one of them. And when I, the day, literally the day um, that I decided and had told Randre, I think I'm going to do this podcast thing. I think I'm going to start it. Not even kidding. Like that night you had texted me and it was just one word. Like it was podcast question mark. (laughs) And I just like, it made my jaw drop. And I literally like picked up the phone and called you and was like, Oh my gosh, you're not going to believe this. And, um, and so I just want to 
you know, I've told you this a million and one times, but publicly mm-hmm. to just thank you for being someone who has championed me for years, but especially this vision and who has, I mean, even now, like, how can I help? What can we do? What do you need? Um, it means more than words. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, being someone who, when I was like, this is stupid, I'm not doing this (laughs) every so often would be like, so how's the podcast coming? So what do you think? When are you going to start a pod? I mean, I can't even how many conversations we had, even before I told you that it was a thing I was thinking about doing three years ago. Um, even before then you would be like, I feel like you just need to do a podcast. When are you going to start a podcast? I'm not going to Denise. And then when I decided to, and then it was kind of like, I just don't know when it's not the right time. So when are you going to do it? So have you thought more about it? So when's it coming? So, so thank you. Because I think, you know, again, like those little things, like we don't discount those little things because all of them added up. And it was times when I would be like, this is stupid. I am not doing this. I can't do it. All of the excuses, all of the reasons. And then I would get a text from you like, Hey, so have you thought any more about doing that podcast? (laughs) So have you thought any more? And it just was that like the Lord, like, I'm not going to let this dream die. I'm not Mm going to let you forget about this. And so you were hugely I think that's a word. If it's not a word, we're using it. (laughs) Instrumental (laughs) in in getting this thing going. So I appreciate you and I love you. I love you. And I am glad that you finally did this podcast (laughs) because it really truly has made a difference. I think I love hearing people's stories and it's so encouraging. And I don't know, it just brings a light to people's days. And when people are feeling down, um, or just need something like to hear somebody else share. Mm-hmm. I just think it's fantastic. And you're doing something that I don't know anybody else personally that's doing something like this. Yeah. So I love it. Well, thanks. So thanks for being obedient to do Thank it. You. Even if it took you forever. Well, you know, <laughs> thanks for being obedient coming on here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, was I right? Do you love her more? Do you just love everything that she does and who she is. And do you love the Lord even more? I mean, I just, oh my goodness, I am still so excited um, about that conversation. It was so good, so encouraging, so inspiring, so challenging. I loved when she talked about, um, you know, just not forgetting the mission right outside your back door and not forgetting that there are people every day that we interact with, that we get to show love with, that we get to be Jesus to. Um, And so sometimes, you know, we think it has to be this big thing and outreach and doing things for the Lord has to be this big event or this big trip or this big thing. Um, But a lot of times the most impactful thing that we can do is simply show up and be Jesus love people well, be his hands and feet, and it's done in the littlest things. So keep that in mind. And if you have a heart for missions or for outreach, um, please contact her. If you need a way to contact her, contact me and I will get you hooked up with her um, because she is fantastic and you don't want to miss that connection. (laughs) So um, I hope you all enjoyed this. I hope you were challenged and encouraged by it. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and I will join you next week for a new episode of Pour It Out.